0: For the News and Observer, I'm Dawn Vaughn, your host for this episode of Under the Dome for the week of Monday, June 12th, 2023. I'm here today in the office of Senator Todd Johnson. Johnson's a Republican from Union County, He runs his family's insurance company, and owns the cigar shop. Thanks for doing this.
1: Thanks for letting me be with you today.
0: So we'll talk about policy and fun stuff and farming and cigars and maybe history and military. We'll see what we can cram into about uh, 20 minutes or so. Um, we'll start with policy first, I guess. Um, so the budget is coming out in the next couple of weeks. The final budget, you are on that committee. Um, what day and what's in it?
1: What day? So, so you want me to tell <laughs> exactly what's in it and what day it's going to come You know, I heard someone say earlier today, you you're doing an interview with today. I Dance. Yeah, and he said, well, she probably knows that budget better than you do, so (laughs) (laughs) be prepared. Uh, But with, you know, the process has been so different than last year, because last year we had all this federal COVID money coming down, and so this year the state's doing pretty good on on revenues, um, but a lot of it's one-time money. And so we've seen the economic forecast of what to expect, so trying to find that, strike that balance between being re- responsible but also addressing the needs of the state. Um, another member once told me, said, it's a lot easier to budget when you don't have any money. And these are folks that have been around back in the days when we were, were broke and, and didn't have the funds. So um, it's been an interesting process, different than last, uh, the last budget we worked on. But in the end, I'm interested to see what all ends up in there as well. So, um, uh, the time and effort that the men and women that serve on these big chairs or preparation chairs is is unimaginable, and uh, just, uh, just the sheer volume of things, and a lot of times there's stuff that we want to fund, but we just simply don't have the funds to do it, or it, it doesn't get prioritized to the, to the level that we wish, but I think we'll probably end up with a budget and be out here before July 1, and that's kind of okay. I, I, Call me from Missouri because I want you to show me, don't tell me, but uh, we'll see if it ends up that way. But I think we're still on a path for that. Maybe we can get our summers back, and y'all can too.
0: Certainly, our burger is a bit optimistic about, you know, before, well before the end of the fiscal year, well before it could just mean, mean, you know, several hours before (laughs) the start of the fiscal year or or a few days. But uh, he was telling, we're recording this on on Thursday, uh, people will be listening to this on Monday, but as of Thursday, um, reporters talked to to Berger after the session. He said that kind of what's being sorted out now is taxes and how much to keep in reserves and where. That seems a lot less controversial than than maybe the reserves is less controversial, not as much taxes, I guess. Um, But he won't tell us, of course, but he said that House and Senate have more or less come to an agreement on what the raises are going to be. Do you think that's a bigger deal this year because of the, uh, the state employee shortages, teacher shortages, just the people's morale and wanting um, you know more money from the legislature?
1: Sure. I, th- I think raises are important every year because this, this is how our state employees and teachers feed their families. And so we get into this push-pull with we want to we would love to give as much as we possibly can, without getting back into situations back in the 2008s and 9s where we're laying folks off and hiring freezes and all that. So, trying to again strike that balance where we can uh, sustain that. And so, you know, with the Senate budget, it had lower raises, and the House budget had higher raises. And those are just one—it's steps one and two and a three-step process. So, a lot of folks tend to get upset about that, but if you kind of understand how the process has worked. Since well before I got here, um, it, it usually ends up somewhere in the middle, and uh, who knows where this ca- in this case where it'll end up, but uh, typically with races, that's going to be more of the big chairs kind of hash that out, and if they can't figure it out, it gets kicked to the corners, and, and the speaker and the uh, pro-tem will uh, get that figured out, but I expect that um, there's, a, there's a push within both chambers to try to help, help our state employees and our teachers out as much as possible.
0: So probably probably closer to what the House wants. And the Senate is known for low-balling reasons. Yeah. I mean, it's just what they do, right?
1: Unfortunately, I don't get to make the call yeah. on that. Uh, I would like to see something more toward the House position, but I'm one of 50, so I don't get to make
0: the call. Well, one of 30 not have most we the
1: power right? so. <laughs> well, we we, do try, we try to not uh, operate in a one of 30 mentality. Mm-hmm. We really try to operate in a one of 50 mentality.
0: Well, let's talk about one of the, um, not in the 30 or not in the Senate this year, since we're talking about legislation. Uh, you sponsored a bill named for a former Democratic Senator, Kirk, Kirk Devia. Why'd you why'd you name it for him? What's the bill? I
1: had an opportunity to serve with Kirk for, for four years, and then we came in together um, immediately, right out the gate, we, we just hit it off, and he, he's been a good friend. We don't agree on a whole lot of stuff, but in the end, veterans and their service and their families is, is very important. I don't think that's a partisan issue. And I saw that, you know, over the four years that Senator Devier was here, he worked diligently to try to get some certain legislation passed. And so even though he's no longer in the Senate, I wanted to continue to work on what he had worked on for four years, and I thought no better way to to honor the work that he had already put in, the heavy lifting that he had put in, than to go ahead and name the bill after him. Which you know it's still eligible, and we're going to keep pushing to try to get it try to get it heard in finance because I think it's it's uh, been referred to finance. I got excited, mm-hmm. but. Uh, To shake it loose from rules, but in the end we'll we'll have to get it moving in finance. So I'll I'll go have to rattle those cages down there in the finance (laughs) sector if we get hurt.
0: Uh, so speaking of, of buildings, you and Senator Vicki Sawyer, last legislative session, were known for some pretty pretty good buildings. It caught reporters' attention anyway. We <laughs> were like, oh, what is this about? Um, now, we didn't really see that as much this session, except for one called Incentivize Space Spirits, which is not about um, alien ghosts, I guess. That's right.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it was... Um You know, in last last session was my second term, and you're trying to kind of find your way, and you're trying to kind of figure out a way for your bills to get recognized and get some momentum behind it. So when you come up with crazy names, I'm not going to even repeat it again because that's old news. But when you come up with those names, people start talking about it, and you know it doesn't matter if it's positive or negative. As long as they're talking about it, it stays on people's minds. And so this time. We've just been working under such a condensed schedule and trying to get you know get legislators their summers back. Mm -hmm. Just not as much more effort was put into the meat of the policy instead of the short titles. We can
0: still have a (laughs) meaty policy with a with a short title.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's that's true. But so I'd say Sir Devier's bill is uh, short title is probably the only one where we kind of got outside the lines a little bit. But I think you know that was well worth it.
0: Well, let's talk about how you got into politics, and behind us, for those that have seen the video version of this, this is your dad-elect Richard H. Johnson in the C. Senate, so um, talk about your family's interest in politics, and then of course you were in local government.
1: Sure. So my dad uh, ran for North Carolina Senate in 1982, I was four years old at the time, and so. He'd come up a little bit short, and then he uh, actually served in the Anson County Board of Education for 28 years. And so being around just local politics and some state politics with that. there's just always been a desire to serve, and uh, Dan's always been very philanthropic. He's uh, worked in local local boards and all these things, just always been very involved, and that's how we were raised, were to be involved. And so I remember in 2010, um, the county commissions in Union County, where, I, where I've lived for 20 plus years, someone reached out to me and said, hey, you need to consider running for county commission." And so the first person I call, obviously, is my hero, and my dad. And I said, "Dad, I'm thinking about doing this." He, he retired from politics at that point in time, and I said, "What do you think I should do?" And he said, "Son, you do it. You do a phenomenal job. You got a good head on your shoulders. Make me one promise." I said, "Okay, what's that?" Mm-hmm. He said, "Don't govern based on re-election." Don't worry about re-election. Just do what's right for the people you serve. So I do still try to do that today. Uh, also, um, we've always traveled with uh, going to historical battle sites, and, and history's just been so important. You know, history and politics kind of go together. And you know, my brother was a uh, U.S. history teacher, and so he's uh, been around it our whole life. And so we did the county commission thing and uh, did it for four years, and I'll tell you, I have a the utmost respect for local elected officials, because I've been there, I've done it. It is not an easy task. Mm-hmm. And I tell people, you know, with the county commission on Monday night, when we made uh, when we make a decision on Monday nights, someone's life was affected Tuesday morning, regardless of if it was positive or negative. Whereas in the state legislature, you know, we'll pass a bill, and it may go into effect three months from now, and someone may feel the experience of it six months from there. So it's not as immediate the local elected officials, they do the the blocking and the tackling. I mean, that is some really tough jobs.
0: People will just tell you during public comments, you know, right there, it's not like in the Senate where they're not, where they're in the gallery.
1: In church, in the grocery store, walking down the street. I I think one of my, I say favorite, but one of the worst things I ever heard was a, a person came up to me at the grocery store and said, I don't know how you sit in church on Sunday with your family and look the preacher in the eye. It's like, Okay. Well, okay, but it's, it's tough, and uh, you're, you're dealing with a lot of complex stuff, and it affects people's lives. So. But I've been around politics and history my whole life, and and just look for the opportunity to serve when I can.
0: What did you respond, do you remember?
1: I, it, it hit me off guard, but I said, of course, I because that's how Dad's always operated. He, he would just, you know, on that board, eight to one votes or six to one, I can't remember if it was seven or nine Whenever. I mean, he, he would be the one sometimes not to be an obstructionist, but if he didn't believe in it, he didn't worry about if that was going to cost him an election or not.
0: What
1: did, did your parents do for a So my dad was a farmer for years, and um, and so then uh, after in '96 he closed his farm and then went you know, full time in the insurance. And then my mother was a banker for 30 or 25 years, mm-hmm. and then she now works in the agency. So my parents are 81 and 80, and still work in the insurance office every day.
0: On um, <laughs> I'm sure, she has thoughts on does We're going to have to uh, take a quick break, and we'll be back talking with Senator Johnson. We'll talk about legislative cafeteria food, headliner of the week, and whatever else we can we can cram in. We'll be right back. You're listening to Under the Dome. I'm News and Observer State Capitol Bureau Chief Don Vaughn, here with Senator Todd Johnson, a Union County Republican. We've talked about policy, about uh, you growing up. Let's talk a little bit more about that. Your dad ran winn Dixies at one point, or winn Dixie? Is that right? And then also, let's talk about
1: farming. Sure. So, Dad was a um, worked for the. Wendix Corporation. He was the guy that they would bring in to a struggling store in some part of the, the region. So, I, I, the last one that I think he was at was in Sanford, North Carolina. That was before I was born. But he would be the guy that would come in, run them for one year, and then go on to the next. And so, he's uh, he has seen a lot over the over his time with that. But it also taught him how to work with people and to, to work with employees and listen to employees and so he's, he's helped train me with that and so you can still see see those uh, habits and, and see those actions in the work he does today because he's 81 and still mm-hmm. works every day so
0: my dad um only just recently retired in the past month or two and he also just turned 80 so awesome <laughs> Uh, you and I have like a fair amount of things in common, <laughs> in, in, including our uh, love of history. If you are talking about before we start recording this podcast, we could probably do an all an all history podcast. Uh, but my tell-
1: colleagues would tell you that I would be down with that anytime. <laughs> sometimes they start rolling their eyes when I start talking about history.
0: Coming soon, under the dome history edition, fifty thousand uh, segments podcast. Uh, so. Um, Let's talk about, there's so much that, that I could, and we'll circle back to history another time, I think. Okay. Um, but let's move on. Before we get to our headliners of the week, what I ask all the lawmakers in the building is, what do you get for lunch in the, or breakfast, I guess, in the legislative cafeteria? Or since a lot of these that we've done in um, in lawmaker offices were in the LOB, which has its own hybrid snack bar cafeteria. So what, uh, what do you get?
1: So this is a little open-ended because I was hoping you'd say, what's my favorite thing? Okay, what's your favorite? Okay, what's my favorite thing? So I was thinking of all the delicious treats that they serve at the legislative cafeteria. And the one thing I could finally determine that I actually enjoyed eating is the mixed fruit jelly. And that sounds really strange, and, but that should also put into perspective what I think about a lot of the other stuff that's served. Now, mixed fruit jelly is the jelly that everyone wonders, who eats that? Because that most people want the grape or they want the strawberry, but they always have that third one right. that no one eats. And so who eats that? Well, I'm the guy that eats that. So, so Christy, who is... Um, she, she's the lady who serves in the legislative, the legislator's dining area, mm-hmm. and she's out there. She takes great care of us, but she always makes sure that I have a little jar of mixed fruit jelly there. So I'll get a little biscuit or a roll, and I'll put that mixed fruit. That's my favorite cafeteria item. Like, is it like jello? It's just, it's in the same packs as grape and strawberry, but this one is mixed fruit. Oh, no one okay. eats, oh, just regular jelly, And the jelly. flavor
0: is mixed fruit. The
1: flavor is mixed fruit. I've never seen say.
0: that before. Yeah,
1: it's really, really good.
0: The legislative Cafeteria exclusive. And uh, I
1: know where they keep it, and it's, it's hidden, and I know where they hide it at. So if okay. you want to know, come see. Me.
0: It's sort of like <laughs> if you get the honey mustard in the snack bar, like you have to ask for it, uh-huh. and it's in the fridge, and it does cost 60 cents extra, I oh,
1: think, that's well and they're still losing money in the cafeteria. So. I
0: mean it's taxpayer subsidized food. Right? It's correct. a pretty good deal, I it think, is. you know. Probably.
1: Only place that fish, chicken, beef and pork all taste the same. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that. They work hard.
0: We all we all know the cafeteria, even though it's um Yeah, it, I mean it's cafeteria food. Sure it's a whole it's good um, yeah. Oh, shout out to K&W, which used to be in the village district in Raleigh that isn't around anymore. So at least we have the leadership cafeteria sure. our cafeteria needs. All right. Let's move on to our picks for headliner of the week. Um, yours is more newsy and something we haven't mentioned yet. So you go first.
1: It's got to be sports betting um, coming to North Carolina. It's a uh, it's. You know, folks who are on different different sides of the issue, it's been it's actually been pretty bipartisan in its support, and bipartisan in its you know folks that are against it. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, it's it's going to be new and different for North Carolina. But in the end, I'm excited to see what happens. Um, I think the bill sponsors did a phenomenal job in trying to craft it to where there's protections in place for the consumers, but also that the state can uh, get some proceeds to to address other needs of the state. I
0: will note that the Senate usually. We were talking okay. earlier about, you know, the Senate has the lower raises, and the House has the higher raises, and then the Senate wants to cut taxes more than the House, but the Senate wanted a higher tax sure. on sports betting, which is the final number was 18%, which is still pretty low compared to, was it New York or something, has, like, four times as much as that. can
1: use New as York much. as
0: an example <laughs> a lot more sports there. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot more gambling there, so...
1: A lot more
0: taxes there um, in general. <laughs> so what, uh, what's your, um, I guess it's a different question on sports: who you think would win, and be worth betting on, versus who you root for. So, who are your uh, who are your North Carolina teams?
1: Uh, I'm Chapel Hill grad, so I'm a Tar Heel through and through. I like the Panthers, but I like the 2015 Panthers, the one where we could have a enjoy watching them go to the Super Bowl. It's been tough watching them the last few years, but I'm excited to see what some of the changes they have made. And of course, the Hurricanes. We, we, we this was the year, and we had it, uh, and then we just kind of ran into the buzzsaw when we we played Florida but in the end I enjoy watching we're just blessed in North Carolina to have great sports and um college professional and I even love minor league baseball too. It's fun to go
0: to. Do you like the Bulls?
1: Who's your team? Um, Charlotte Knights because I, I live down that way so it's easier for me to go over
0: there. Have you ever heard of this baseball team that you were talking about jelly on biscuits? They're called the Montgomery
1: Biscuits? Oh I haven't but I'm sure I would be a fan of them. I, I, I like biscuits.
0: I assume, it's, <laughs> me, do you, I assume it's Montgomery, Alabama. I don't even know. I just saw I saw that there was a baseball team called the Biscuits and I followed them on Twitter because their logo, their mascot is literally a Biscuit. Wow. So, i have to check them out. I'm like, okay, I'm going <laughs> to work with this. So. All right. My uh, my pick for headliner of the week is also newsy, but it kind of ties into history that we touched on a little bit. Maybe on another episode, we'll talk more about that. And uh, Senator Johnson and I were talking about our, our interest in uh, military history, too, and different wars. So anyway... My headline of the week is Fort Liberty, also known as Fort Bragg, which had its official name change this year. Um, As we're recording this on Thursday, President Biden is coming down um, to check it out. And I guess this has been in the works of the DOD for at least the past year or whatever. Um, So Fort Bragg for me was my best childhood memories. I lived there in first and second grade. My dad was stationed there. Um, He was in JSOC at Fort Bragg and his dad, um, was also um, stationed at Fort Bragg in military intelligence. My parents got married in the chapel at Fort Bragg. But anyway, it's all Fort Liberty now, which is great. No one's ever going to say I don't like Liberty. Let's change the name. That's some people criticize that it wasn't named after you know a variety of other people. But again, no one's ever going to say not Fort Liberty anymore because I, I think we all agree we like we I like. Think liberty. Liberty. I think <laughs> that's <not true. laughs> So, all right. Well, thanks so much for being on. We'll talk um, only about history next time, or, or something I'm looking else. forward to that. Or, uh, or mixed
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, fruit jelly. Go yes, try some mixed fruit so. jelly and tell it change your life.
0: All right, I'm Don Vaughn uh, with Senator Johnson for the News Observer. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. to the News and Observer at newsobserver.com slash subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at Under the Dome and NC Insider and sign up for our weekly political newsletter also called Under the Dome at newsobserver.com slash newsletters. Thanks for listening.